0: Shut up and sit down. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first episode of a new era of Third Shift. This is episode 196. I, of course, am your funky leader, the greatest man who's ever lived. It's me, it's Matt. I'm here with my buddy Eric, the Light Bear, the Light Bringer, the Light Bear Bringer, the Beast Master himself, Third Shift. And all I gotta say is everybody welcome to a new era, like I said. And then I also have to say to Eric, Eric, how was your week, my man?
1: Well, my week was fine. And you called me the Beastmaster. Now I'm like, man, well, I need a I need a ferret or a Minx or whatever the heck that little critter was that he had with him all uh-huh. the time. I need one of those. You know, if I'm gonna be the Beastmaster, I gotta have that rolling with me, running around snatching purses with full of gold coins from the, you know, the enemies and the bad guys. That's what I need. That's right. Alright, I'll feel much better with that. But if I can't have that, I can't truly be the beast master, but I can be the best gosh darn human being in the whole wide world and have a marvelous, fantastic week. Summer's upon us. The heat is here, the water is here, the floods have come. I'm holding <laughs> 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 We did a bunch of work. We got it down a little bit, but you know, there's still issues, but we're going to work through it and I keep praying to the gods that be that the rain does not come. And we don't have to worry about any big time problems, because for now, things are pretty calm, cool, and chill in the basement. And if you all don't know, Eric for years has been dealing with uh, just ungodly amounts of problems with rain and flooding in the basement. Any man, with the heat comes the beautiful outdoors. Been outdoors, getting things done, moving swings around, chugging up dirt, moving this around, planting grass, planting the garden. All that stuff out there with the family. Even this last weekend, Matt, got outside, got that grill fired up. Nice. Put on the burgers, the dogs, you know, did the whole kit and caboodle, charcoaled it up. Oh, man, corn on the cob, taters, you know. You know how it's done. Nice. Oh, yeah. Now, the problem here is it's too hot, okay? Yeah. So. I did all the grilling, we did all the things, we were moving and grooving, all of a sudden I'm sweaty, you know, I'm, just, oh, I'm like, oh, and then I sit down and it's hot food, delicious hot food, hot sun, mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, this ain't working out, this ain't working out, so about 10 minutes of that, and we were like, nope, back into the AC house, <laughs> so we, <laughs> oh, nice. we attempted, we got a, we tried, we tried to get out there and do the whole picnic caboodle, but mm-hmm. it just wasn't happening, either way, we had a great time with it, and of course... Playing video games in the evenings, having a good time, getting set up, you know, some desk set up down here so the girls will be able to do said video games too. All in all, not too bad a week. What about you, Mr. Matt?
0: That was just a a blah week. I don't really remember doing anything cool other than playing video games. Well, actually, I do remember one other thing cool, but I'll get to that in a second. On the video game front played Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's just an ongoing thing. You just make your town a little better. You move this resident over here. I'm I'm finally trying to space everybody out so I can have regions and plots and things and stuff in certain areas that's supposed to be there. I said that last week. It continues to be the same thing. obviously been playing Persona 5 Royal. If you catch me on stream at twitch.tv slash thirdshiftme, oh man, you see me having lots of fun doing that. And then the other thing that I alluded to earlier, over the weekend... I haven't talked about a wrestling pay per view in a long time. AEW had their double or nothing pay per view. And there's been a lot of like sad news, bad news in the wrestling, you know, the wrestling world lately. Lots of former wrestler deaths, you know, big wrestling journalists passed away. Another active wrestler died. All kinds of just bad news. It's like the anniversary of Owen Hart falling and, and dying, you know. It's just like everybody's super sad. But then you turn on AEW, double or nothing. And it was amazing. It had something for everybody. It was a fun, ridiculous show. If you like a big, crazy ladder match, they had one of those. If you like a regular kind of hardcore brawling match, they had one of those. You know, an old-school 80s-style professional wrestling match had one of those. A modern-day pro wrestling match, just aces top to bottom. Everything was amazing. They topped it off with this big, ridiculous stadium brawl going all through the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. Just absolutely ridiculous, but wonderful at the same time. It was just... A hundred percent positivity. You got done with that show, and it was just—you'd laughed, you'd like had intense moments, you'd fired up, you'd calm down. You—it took you on this wild ro- roller coaster ride, and it just felt awesome afterwards. It was everything that the wrestling community needed in this past week. That's been so haggard and heinous. Oh, it was just—it was just amazing. I can't—I want to watch it again right now. Just thinking about it, listen to the smile on my face, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my goodness! Man,
1: it's crazy wrestling. Jeez, old peace. <laughs>
0: So that was us individually this week. Together as a team this week, we did and posted up the Shifter Monthly topic at patreon.com slash Me. So if you're at that $5 tier, go ahead and check that out. And then that's us. That's it for us. Third Shift as a team. But in the video game world, we got two pretty cool releases that came out this week. I'm going to let you go first, Eric, because I just did a lot of talking and I need to drink some water. You know, You know how it is.
1: You don't get a drink of water, crazy fool. But that's all right. I'll, this one time, I'll give you an allowance while you to suck down water and try to respond. This week, I found an awesome little game that's piqued my interest for one main reason, and I'll explain. It's Minecraft Dungeons. All right. Mm-hmm. This came out May twenty sixth. Of course, Mojang Studios, Double Eleven. You know, published by Xbox themselves. It's out for all the systems: Switch, PlayStation, PC, and of course Xbox. I was like, okay. I don't like Minecraft, not really that interested, but I'll take a peek. Why the heck not? I get in there and vibrant, lush, fun little worlds, all done up in, of course, Minecraft graphics. So it's not like breaking the bank or nothing, but the way they did the lighting, the way they did the music, and the way it just, the aesthetics change per dungeon, per area you are in just looks fantastic. And, of course, I was like, well, okay, where's all the crap going to be? The crafting and the screwing around and just the wasting my life kind of stuff that people love Minecraft for. Yeah, None of it's there. There is no crafting in Minecraft dungeons. There's no mining. None of that exists. It's, it's a Minecraft meets Diablo. It's actually just a Diablo clone with Minecraft in it, but simplified. And there's the reason why I'm interested in this title. Is because I would love a Diablo type game to play with, you know, said daughters, whom are going to be set up soon and have their own little shtick here. Well, that's a family friendly game. It's not like Diablo, blood, gore, death, craziness all over the place. True. You, a, a villager who is outcast, he comes back and he's like called the unvillager or some such, and he's all maniacal and ridiculous, and you got to chase him down, stop him from destroying everything. That's the story. You get to pick from a whole bunch of already set skinned villagers. There's, There's no perks or anything to them it's just simply how do you want to look Mm -hmm. you get in there there's no classes there's none of that you get swords you get bows you can either be a swordsman or you can be a bowman or you can do both depending on whatever the heck you want to do Mm -hmm. there's your two weapon slots you get your armor you get your artifacts and enchantments enchantments give you all your little cool buffs that make you unique artifacts do the same thing basically enhancing armor etc that kind of thing and that's it that's all you do, and then you go through said dungeons, all these cool environments, chasing after the unvillager, killing all sorts of different minions, monsters. There's mini bosses, actual bosses, just like in Diablo. Mm-hmm. Picture that, and it's literally this in Minecraft, but no hardships. There's legendary gear, rare gear, green gear. The only critique I've heard is that uh, you know, being a Minecraft type game, a lot of the weapons and stuff basically the same thing, just higher numbers, better, better damage, that kind of deal. Yeah. All in all, though, I'm just looking for something fun to play with the girls because this is, of course, a multiplayer game. No duh. It's Diablo-type game. Mm -hmm. So you can get on with your pals, get on with your family, have a romping good time, no blood and guts, family-friendly good stuff. So I definitely would recommend this title to anybody out there.
0: So speaking of titles, we'll recommend to anybody out there, especially you and your daughters, this is a game that does have blood and guts, though. So it's, it's perfect for you and the little perfect, ones.
1: Perfect, perfect for me and the girls.
0: <laughs> it's Maneater, which dropped on the 22nd of May. So it was, I think, last Friday. Now as we're recording this. Developed by Blindside Interactive. Published by Tripwire Interactive. Dropping for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One with a Switch version coming later. If you don't know what Maneater is, take a journey back in time with me to, I think it was either the Game Awards or like an E3. And you were like, whoa, what's this cool game? It shows like water and like a town and stuff. And then a giant shark comes flop like flopping out of the water and eating everybody that's man eater you are a ridiculous giant bull shark, and it's your job to eat everybody. I mean, there is a storyline to it like you know you're you're going after a specific shark hunter that killed your mom's shark and blah but blah, blah. but the whole st- moral of the story is go around eat fish, level up you're attacking like smaller predators in certain areas to dry out the apex predators, beat them, then you start getting some upgrades because what i didn't know. Is man-eater instead of just being like a wild dumb action game it's a it's a, like an action RPG you level up you get you know new new abilities you level those up once you beat the apex predators you get different mutations you can put on your shark so you're better at like destroying boats or other apex predators or the shark hunters that come after you it's just a wild crazy time another thing I really like about it is that I didn't have any idea about is you know watching some reviews you can see it's got a, like a I mean, it has a silly presentation. Obviously, you're a shark swimming around, jumping and flopping around. Like, you can jump out of the water on land and, like, do a weird, like, squid bobble.
1: Well, naturally, yeah, and do the squid walk across, yeah.
0: But on top of that, they've got, like, voiceover that tells the story from Chris Parnell, you know, Saturday Night Live and Rick and Morty fame. And he tells you, like, a bunch of... False shark facts as you're going through doing crazy stuff with the shark, and it's basically an Eric story. Like it starts out with a fact, but then it skews it so far that you know it's being ridiculous. Apparently, there's a whole cast of shark hunters you have to, you know, track down and beat all kinds of different biomes to go through, and that's what impressed me the most. Is it's an RPG. I've heard that like takes 15 hours to get through, but then some of those biomes you're going through, you know, it's like creeks and this and that, but I was watching some gameplay of it, and you're unlocking new areas. Some of those areas are actually really gorgeous. Like, the base game itself doesn't look that great, but the environments of some of these secret areas you see the sharks swimming through, really, really good, really well done. So if you're just in the mood for a bloody, ridiculous, silly good time, check out Maneater. I know you and I are both in the mood for something like that. Get it on sale, get it on the cheap... It just looks ridiculous and fun. The two bad things I've heard about it are sometimes the humor's hit and miss, but all humor is, so you know, take That's it with a grain of it. salt. Mm-hmm. And then the only other thing I've heard is, especially on PS4, it seems to run worse on the PS4 version, and there's a glitch that destroys your save data. Which the one oh. person I know who owns this who talks to me about it went, Hey, apparently there's a glitch and I got it. Oh well, I guess I gotta start all over again. And I went, go talk to Eric about that crap. Ha ha
1: Hey, I've dealt with that a whole bunch. It's wonderful. Gosh, bless it. <laughs> Other
0: than that, PC and Xbox One versions run really good. Who knows about the Switch version whenever that comes, but man, it's man-eater. I can't wait to just do the squid walk and just eat people the whole way. It's just ridiculous.
1: I just wish, Matt, that the Switch version wouldn't come late for all these games. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I would love a lot of this stuff on the Switch, but I'm impatient. When I want something, I want something. And having to wait for it is just ugh, terrible.
0: Could you imagine being at work, blowing off steam on your lunch hour, just being a crazy shark eating people? Being a crazy shark eating people,
1: yeah. Flopping around <laughs> like a squid on land, <laughs> going <laughs> crazy. <laughs> nothing could bo- nothing could bother me. Nothing. Absolutely. It'd be wonderful. <laughs> Jeez, old oh, pizza. And then speaking of wonderful, everybody, I this came out of the blue today, all right? I had, no, I was just sitting there, bloop, 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 and I got Epic and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And it went, bling, hey, everybody, why don't you come on over to the Epic store because the handsome freaking collection is available to everybody. Mm-hmm. You can get freaking Borderlands 2, the pre-sequel, all the DLCs up and two, except for one, which I was sad, you really? do not get. You do not get the latest and greatest. Um oh, what's its face? The one right before the Part 3 hit.
0: Oh, the uh yeah, I know what you mean. The Yeah. Oh, my the God. The that man, the does the thing. Yes, the, yeah, dude, the, so the plant
1: man, he comes through, he's like, I'm going to stop you, fools. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, no, you're not. Bing, bing, bing. Lilith, you know, all sorts of craziness. Revenge of
0: Captain Somebody. I don't <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember.
1: We we failed, you guys. You you got us. You got us. Holy mackerel. It's, it completely drew a blank. I didn't even write it down because I was sure I was going to know it and remember uh-huh. it since I've played it several times. But it doesn't matter. Y'all know what I'm talking about. All the DLCs are there, the pre-sequel Borderlands 2. All of it. All up res beautiful for free on the Epic Game Store. All you gotta do is go over there and click a button up until like June fourth. So you got plenty of time to get it done. There's no excuses and I've always wanted to have Borderlands two on yet another platform. So I'm super excited about it. <laughs>
0: See, I was just gonna say we just went over last week how we can't buy the hands- the uh, Borderlands Legendary collection that's coming out on the Switch tomorrow as we're recording this and they heard us. They went, Oh man, poor Matt and Eric If We'll give it to them for free on a total other platform. Get Borderlands 2 again, because they said they'd never buy it all over again again. Here it is. Boom. Now you got it. That's what they did. And pre-sequel, which we said we wanted to play (laughs) again, too. Goodness gracious.
1: Oh, goodness. And you know the best part, Matt, was when you were talking, I was like, maybe I can save this, and I'll go look it up. Nope. Couldn't find it. It was general something. (laughs) I just love it. I love the hard fail on that one it's got to stay.
0: Wait, <laughs> hey, we can't help it. You know, we've been talking all about Borderlands 3, two DLCs of that a third DLC that's coming up. It's not our fault. That's that's that's, that's a true. game from 7 years ago. Come on, how can I be expected to remember something about that? Exactly.
1: Know. It's too much. I it's too late to apologize anyway. By God's, I don't care. Don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to worry about it. You know what? It's all in the past now.
0: Whoo. God. Speaking of things Man. we don't care about, hey, a hotfix came out today <laughs> with, like, nothing in it. Oh, there was one... I, I joke, but there was really almost nothing in this hotfix. All it mentioned was there was a progress blocker in the Pandora's Next Mouthpiece quest. There was a, a talk prompt that wouldn't pop up for somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't happen yeah. to me, but...
1: Apparently it happened to somebody and enough people to get a complaint and a fix, so now you will be able to talk no matter what. There will not be issues. Thank you, Gearbox. But there's a reason, of course that they're freaking doing this, right, mm-hmm. Matt? You know, there's reason. There's no news, nothing's happening. Is because they got a lot on their plate coming up right here. Of course, with the Legendary Collection coming out tomorrow for the Switch, you know, they got to worry about that and getting that out on the platform safe and sound, no issues. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, 6.4, they're releasing the takedown at Guardian Breach, the new patch, Mayhem 2.0, Phase freaking 1, all that. Oh, yeah. It's going to be madness. They're going to be up to their eyeballs, if you can't see, I got my eyeballs, I'm showing case in that, mm-hmm. up their eyeballs and doo-doo, because that's a lot of stuff hitting, and a lot of hands are going to be flying, trying to make sure everything goes smoothly.
0: Yeah, because you know what happens when anytime there's a big patch, there's always... Many hot fixes that need to come afterwards because you got millions and billions of players playing it. There's going to be unforeseen issues. But like you said, there's a whole wealth of content coming just next week, right in time for us to record another show but not have enough time to play all of that stuff. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, especially that Mayhem 2.0 Phase 1 stuff. That's all the little tweaks and twicks and all the fixes and things that we talked about just a few episodes ago now. It's finally coming. It's finally coming. And then we get the new takedown. Sadly... The Revenge of the Cartels does go away at that time, but but we get something new to slam our heads against, and hopefully actually beat, and maybe not, and just get sad and go cry.
1: And it's been discussed, but I don't know if there's been an answer. I haven't heard of one yet. People are asking that the cartel event be more than just yearly, that it actually comes out periodically throughout the year, and I think I saw something about them discussing whether that would be something they want to do or not, but uh, I never heard a word back or saw anything. So, hey... If you still want the Cartel event to come back, keep on hemming and hawing, and maybe it'll come back before this time next year, because that was a really cool event and a lot of fun. It's going to be sad to see it go, but like you said, we get all this new stuff, which we've already talked about, and of course, next time, or the next time after the next time, we're going to talk about even more when we've actually got to play it, get our hands on it, get some experiences, what we like and don't like.
0: Absolutely, and then the next time after those next times, it'll be time Mm -hmm. for the next DLC, Oh, so so it's gosh. just it's just gonna be next times on top of next times just good uh-huh. things raining down on our faces which is the favorite which is our favorite thing we love it when there's all kinds of good content and good stuff to talk about unlike this week where there was not much gearbox news. So you know you know what we default to. If there's not Gearbox stuff to talk about, we got to talk about Persona. It's the best best game ever, Persona 5 Royals. Just, just, <laughs> hey, man, get ready for 100 nonstop weeks of Persona 5 Royal talk. That's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. That's true. Anytime there's a lull, you know
1: it's going to be Persona. So just strap in, get your little uh, belt buckle done up real good tight mm-hmm. because you know we're talking about it. And we have quite a bit to talk about in a way because we went through several dungeons, mm-hmm. well, Two for me, several for you. Yeah, but you know, you know what I am talking about, people. We left off. We think we're pretty sure with uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> Kanashiro.
0: <laughs> I, I did look it up. We we ended right after Madarame, and I, I squeaked like the next week of a little bit of stuff in there. So we we, okay. we left off where you thought we did going into Kaneshiro's palace. And then the the I shouldn't name the character after that, but the the next character's palace as well.
1: Yes. Now you you can't be blamed, Matt, because as we said, you're flying through. You're way ahead of me now. Mm. Time is just you know what are the what's that saying? Time's a flat something or rather,
0: time's a flat circle.
1: There you go. Time's a flat circle. Wow! 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 Wow!
0: I know that saying because there was a wrestling pay per view called <laughs> "Time is a Flat Circle."
1: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just heard it said in a show or on, in a book recently, like, mm-hmm. said t- 20 times. And it was just like, okay, I get it. Ah, my goodness <laughs> gracious. So, anyways, we left off at Kana Shiro, This big, bad, thug boss man, he's like, hey, Makoto, you got some freaking things I want. Otherwise, I'm going to expose you guys. I-, I took pictures with you in front of drugs. Everything's going wrong. You're going to do what I say. Phantom Thieves, we don't play by them rules. That's right. You know, we make our own rules. We do our own thing. So, of course... We infiltrated that big old bank mm-hmm. and we got to business. What would you think, Matt?
0: No, I I got to say before we get into the actual palace itself.
1: All right, back and tracking.
0: I feel like this is the worst setup for a palace. Like sure, he you find out he's a big thug, he's controlling stuff around Shibuya and all this. All the bad stuff he's doing. But then he's like, "Oh, I got pictures of you standing in a place where there's booze at." And like the pictures all of you guys like pointing and going like, "Hey, what are you doing over there?" And then, like, stuff is just in the foreground. It's not like they're, like, woo, you know, drinking or, mm-hmm. like, passed out, you know, on the floor with drugs around. It looks like they stormed into a place to rescue their friend, which is exactly what they did. But, oh, no, can't have, I don't know. It's, it's just silly. It's it's my worst, it's my least favorite setup. But this is one of my favorite dungeons or, or palaces just because of the whole, I like the whole atmosphere. I like the the environment. I like that this is when the the enemies start getting harder, you start getting more resistances. You start getting the psi and the nuke enemies too. And I love the I love the puzzle the the number puzzles where you have to spell out the words on the ATMs using the codes that you find. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that it's not one of those things where you go and they're like, Oh, I wonder what it could be, and then they tell you literally what to punch in. You have if you don't remember, you have to go in your inventory and look at the books that give you the codes. Look
1: at the books to figure out the codes. Yeah, yeah.
0: I really like the dungeon. I just. Just like you said with Matarames, though, I feel like it wasn't different enough from the original game.
1: Yeah. I don't think it was different almost at all except for the inclusion of the seeds. I yeah. I mean, I recall the boss fight being pretty much the same exact thing. In fact, I think it was easier this time around. Mm-hmm. That may just be because of my build and you know who I have with me and what's going on at yeah. my my point in the game. But I just felt like I had a much easier time with him this time around than I did the original time. Like mm-hmm. he didn't have as many forms or something. Because I, I just feel like he did more.
0: I feel like his, you know, his his form where he gets rolling on the pig, and you mm-hmm. have to like sacrifice an item. I had to do that a total of one time. I think I had to do it like three times in the last game. Or yeah, he, I or agree he, with that. Or he would actually hit you a few times before they were like, "Oh, here's the idea." But instead, mm-hmm. it was like he started it, and they went, "Ah, throw something out." Weep, and then I murdered him, and that was it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I just, It went way faster, and I feel like that's the spot, because they said that it made some of the bosses easier, more accessible, Yeah, and I feel like that's what happened in that instance, because I do 100% recall that phase being much longer and being an issue and actually being worried that I was going to die on a couple occasions, yeah. so that was a little disappointing. But with that being said, I love the boss. If you guys don't know, you get kind of He's all a bit of a little fly man. Me, he's just super annoying and just he he gets his bullies up there to help you pound them out, get rid of them. He gets his giant mechanical pig out. He goes inside and starts blasting you and talking about how rich and crazy he is and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You bust him out of that. Then he wants to jump on top and try to kill you with it, as Matt was talking about. It's a really cool fight. I like the fight. I like the boss. And like you said, that lead-up to it, where it's like a padlock and you're going inside and you got to unlock each and every code to align it up so you can right up to the boss man, that is a beautiful, wonderful design. I think it's one of the coolest of all the dungeons there are. So I liked it as well. It's not my favorite dungeon, though, because unlike you up till that part, I don't really enjoy this, the going through the bank uh, you know, areas and up and down and roundabouts. That, none of that's too interesting to me. It, it's not my favorite music either. Mm-hmm. So, for me, it's enjoyable at the end. But in the beginning, it's more frustrating than anything. Plus, I feel that the, uh, the chest, the lock chest in this one, are annoying to get to if you're coming in at the day when you're supposed to actually just go kill the boss and don't get him beforehand. Oh, yeah. And I say this, Matt, because I had to do this because this was the last time I thought maybe it was worth doing. Mm-hmm. I came in at 100% threat, which is... What happens when you put out the calling card for the boss? Right. And, of course, it's like, hey, your only duty is to get to that boss and kill him. Don't be me- don't be messing around. Well, I wanted those lock chests because I was a moron and had not made any keys because I didn't have the time to. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and I went around – and they were just annoying to get to it's it, the map itself is very confusing in this palace when you're trying to figure out what floor and where everything is yeah. so that was frustrating trying to figure it out and run through and, and 100% threat it's no joke yeah i mean the baddies are everywhere and they respawn within 5 to 10 seconds so you have to be beat and gone, or otherwise you're fighting that same baddie again.
0: And can you even ambush them at 100? Because I thought once it got super high, you can't even get them a no. A good ambush.
1: I don't think so. No, I was I was attack just attacking them before they attacked me yeah. basically, and then trying to avoid them, of course at all costs. Mm-hmm. So it was a pain in my butt. And after that, I didn't get anything good anyway. Yeah. So I was like, well, whatever. I'm just gonna call it, call it quits there. I'm not gonna worry about the lock chest anymore. I just want to state though that because of that, I was able to. Just really see how annoying those chests were to get to because of the map not showing you, like where you are properly.
0: Yeah, I, I had not not in exactly the same situation, but I was going through the maps, and I think it was right after we I'd found the treasure. So it's like, oh, okay, you got the escape route all down, and I was going through the maps. I don't know why, but I hit the map button, and I was like, oh. What else is there? And I just kept hitting, you know, down the different floors. And I found one little red square that hadn't been explored. And I was like, well, let me find where that is. So I warped down to that floor. And like you said, it was it was like on a, another floor above me, but you could only get to it from this one balcony or use this special jump spot. And it wasn't really clear where it was. So I definitely feel I feel your pain in that, not as much as you did. But I could definitely notice that it's kind of, because you get those two tiers and then like secret rooms with like little cubby holes you got to crawl through. Mm -hmm. It is a little bit annoying. It's a little bit frustrating.
1: It was, but overall liked it. And before we move any further, I also want to state I love Makoto's whole shtick. I love getting Makoto. I don't know why, because I mean, it's not like she becomes my relationship character or anything. But the lead up to getting her and just seeing her being... Insecure, but also like top of her class, and trying to assert authority, but at the same time not know what's happening. It just melds well for me. I really like how her transformation occurs and takes place, and then she just recklessly goes wild, and then boom, just realizes who she is. I love that whole. I love that whole storyline.
0: And I don't know why, but the first time playing through, you know, the first and second times in the base game, I never really understood why she turns into this biker chick you know like uh, a fist of the north star looking biker chick i was like that seems kind of weird but hey you know whatever but now playing through it for the third time you can put you can piece it together because she is this prim and proper girl but then like when you know the the phantom thieves are busting on her which they're like oh yeah you're just some some prissy honor student blah 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 And she's like okay yeah i'll show you and walks straight into Kanashiro's shiro's den and he's like F this, I'm getting it handled. And then, like you said, when her persona comes out, it's the same thing. You're like, ah, ha, ha, we're going to use you and all this stuff. And she's like, nope. You know, drops the gauntlets, puts her fists up, and that's it. So it, it totally fits her character, which I never noticed or pre- I maybe didn't appreciate as much before. Like you said, her character, her the way she, like, flips that switch and turns into a badass... Love it.
1: Yes, I agree. It's one of my favorites of all the game. That part of the storyline I just couldn't wait to get to. And when I was in there chewing it up, just loved it all. And I, and kind of as a blessing but a curse, because of those save issues I had, mm-hmm. I got to do that whole shtick two times Yeah. just this time. So I really got to experience it finally. You know, It's in my bones. That's four times now I've seen this particular scenario take place. I got it. I loved it. I couldn't wait to do it. And now I don't got to worry about ever seeing it again until they come out with Persona 5 on the Switch. And then I'll have to do it all over one more time, you know?
0: (laughs) That's right. But before we get to the next palace, or even the the storyline interlude between the two, I do want to mention last time, you know, I I skipped ahead just a little bit after Madarames. I was talking about the billiards and darts bar that you can go to and level up your baton pass with the darts mechanic, which is awesome. I love it. Also, just recently, I don't know. All right. I'm going going wild. I'm, I'm... Picking stuff out of order, there's a book to help you learn darts better, and you can now use your third eye, and it slows down the little reticle that goes through.
1: I was wondering what that book was going to do for you, because I have it, I haven't read it yet, and I was like, well, how is this going to actually help me? Is this going to give me some stat, or is there going to be some kind of mechanic that's going to help me?
0: Yeah, I thought maybe it would shrink down the area, or just give you a circle to aim at, but no, it, it... you know, you go into your detective vision essentially, uh-huh. and it slows the the little thing way down. So you get uh. you're way more accurate with it. It's great. So
1: that would be real helpful, Matt, if I knew how to play the game, because I still do not <laughs> understand this game. I cannot figure it out to save my life. Just throw it's like the hey, strategically play to get the numbers down to zero uh-huh. in your turns. So I, and then. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll get some bulls here. Start off real nice. and mm-hmm. Everyone's like, awesome, awesome. that You're great. This is wow. You're like an A-plus player. Look at you, 100 down. Woo, woo, woo. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, ton down, whatever that is. Then the next player goes, and it's mediocre or good or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I go, and then I, and then you know another thing of whatever. I try to just do moderate and whatever numbers. Yeah. And then I, every time it gets back to me, I can only get like two. And then I'm like, well... <laughs> Everything requires more. Everything's more than two points. You failed. You lost the game. And then I'm like, okay, well, maybe if I throw the dart off the board, that's zero points, right? No, you lost the game. I don't know what to do. I don't get it. I'm lost. I'm. I don't. I don't understand.
0: (laughs) I'm not a big darts player, like normally. But I mean, you you understand what it is. Here's the score, and you have to just each score you get subtracts from that. You have to get down to zero. Down to zero. Yeah. The, th- the thing that's good about it is you can do, as long as you do well, I would just go for bullseyes on your turn every single time because you'll get, you know, 150 if you get three bullseyes, boom, that takes it down to 150 some. They do some and then as long as you at least do decent on your second turn, they'll finish it up. They'll get that, like I talked about to you with Yusuke about last time, they'll, uh-huh. they'll stand there and go like, oh man, the pressure's on me, how should I do it? And then depending on what the character is, you tell them okay, a different way. Oh, I see way. what
1: you're saying. Go for max on both your turns so it forces the, the NPC to finish it for you with their, you know, their, oh, my gosh, this is it. That way you don't even have to worry about it and end up going under or whatever.
0: And plus, if you do that, then it maxes them out right away because you did, like, great pair team play. You know, you, were, you were mm-hmm. worked as a team. So it gets them up to three because... I think there was, I, I played with Ryuji and I did well on my first turn and it, it kind of went to the fifth turn because he, I, I threw really crappy because I was trying to do fancy shots and stuff and it got to me and he went up, he only went up one level and so he was sitting there at two forever until he randomly joined as like the, you know, the second game that you play when you go there. Uh-huh. So yeah. Gosh if, bless it. If you do that, just, just do it the Matt hack. Just throw bullseyes and make them finish up the game on their second turn.
1: Which they will because that's the way, you know, NPC stuff works. Mm -hmm. They're not going to screw you over like that, which would be ridiculous. Now, I don't think you did, but maybe you did since we talked last. But did you touch the billiard side of everything?
0: I haven't touched it, but I read up on it. So do do you know what it does?
1: No, I have no idea. I still haven't looked at it.
0: Which I had no idea this was, I mean, I knew this was a mechanic, but I didn't know you could level it up. It levels up your technical hits, like when you throw fire on something and it's burning. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so I think if you play Billiards once, you get, like, the base level of it. And then I think there are two or three books you can read about Billiards that allow you to get higher and higher levels. Like, I don't know if it's increased damage or, like, add status effects. I know the last one is every time you get a technical, it's a guaranteed down. You down the enemy every single time. And that's something that I wish I had known, because in the Bank Palace, which we just talked about with Kanashiro, and in the Tomb Palace coming up, that's where you get all the enemies with no weaknesses and you're just like, well, I just hammer at them. And that's when I started using technical hits. Because you, you burn them, you hit them with wind, technical, half about half the time you get them down, you could do an all-out attack. It's a mechanic I didn't use enough last time, and now I'm using it all the time. And it's great, and now you can even level it up and make it even greater with the billiards. It's crazy. Oh, my goodness, folks. This is what I'm talking about. We got two
1: games in one here at the billiards dart station. And this ain't even it. You got the fishing hole, you got the batting cages... It's ridiculous how many ways there are to up your character's skill in so many different ways and things. Mm-hmm. And I haven't even touched, like I said, I haven't even touched the billiards yet. And I'm half, over halfway through the game at this point. It's,
0: yeah.
1: it's mind-boggling. Now, now you're forcing me definitely to go play the billiards. I should have played when I was invited last time. Mm-hmm. Ugh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just take like an old save and I'll just redo the last 20 hours or so and, and do it all over.
0: Right, right? Just, just just yeah, just delete all your saves and just do it all all over. Just do again. it all over so again it, as soon as it opens. You can just be like billiards, billiards, billiards.
1: Because that's amazing. The technicals are so easy to get and do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's huge damage.
0: And that's something that I never appreciated in the previous game because it. I don't know if it's different from game to game because I don't really remember, but I never used any damage items in the last game in the original game. Never ever. Mm-hmm. But now I'm getting like ice magatamas and shock magatamas. And I feel like, you know, it says in the description, chance to inflict freeze or shock. And I feel like it's 80% of the time. I throw out this little weak little piff of, you know, ice or electricity. And it gets, boom, immediate status effect. And then you can follow up with the technical, super easy. And like I said, in that bank palace, in the tomb palace especially, those really save your bacon. Especially if you're going against like the big strong, you know, red fire shadows. Uh-huh. And in the most recent palace, which I won't talk about, there's a big boss that's weak to nothing. So I just I I hit it with technicals over and over and over and over and just melted it. So it's something we should all be using. I didn't know there were these items that could. I I never used them before. Now I'm using them all the time. Is it something that's not weak. All right, whatever. Whatever the technical is, it's
1: great. I should do that. I really should. I've got a ton of that crap, and I I still I didn't use it last time, and I wasn't using it this time. It's just it's just tough sometimes because when you get those good personas and you've got all your skill sets where you want them and you've got all the different attributes at your hands. Yeah. It just it's tough to go in and use the items because I'm like, well, either A, I just overpower them by attack attack attack, mm-hmm. which I seem like I feel like I crit quite a bit. So, I end up downing them, taking them out without any issue. But then on the ones that I need magic, I have every type of magic there is and I just don't really see it. But like you were just explaining uh I need to get in there and do that because it would make it even easier. And that's the whole goal is to make this so easy that I can just baby walk all the way through and close my eyes and have a blast.
0: What you just said, you know, having every magic available, I had that on my Yoji originally. But uh-huh. as I kept leveling him up, he kept getting better skills. Or I put him in lockdown, which we'll talk about in a second maybe. And, you know, he, he kept getting better and better skills so I'd replace, like, his lightning. So I'd be like, oh, well, this is weak to lightning anyway. Let me throw out Magatama. Boom, it's down. But it's also shocked, so I get... Down and a technical, and that's what made me appreciate it even more. It's just yeah, definitely seeing how easy it is, and just I, I got to go for into it for a second. The technical is like a physical attack, mm-hmm. so like if you attack them with your weapon, the shot can transfer to you, and now you're shocked, and it's a bad thing. But now that everybody has the, the bullets reload after every every battle you have, that is also gets you a technical with shock. So I shock something, and I just go gun with everybody and hit them like a thousand times, and everything's dead. Everything just gets melted. It's so good. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh. And I figure that out. Yep. That's all I do. Anytime that happens, mm-hmm. guns come out. Guns go blazing. Brrr, everybody's screwed. Everybody's gone. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Makes the game so beautiful. It's just so much fun, you people. I'm telling you. The battle system in this is just a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And you can customize and change yourself all you want to be as happy as you want. And you have, everything's on your plate. It's just insane. It's mm-hmm. insane. God.
0: There's so much. There's so much I want to go into. We're not even to the second, to no. The we, next can't, dungeon we can't.
1: We can't, man. We can't do it. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> now, the lead up after Conachero's beat, you're like, oh yeah, we saved the day. Everything's okay. Mm. You get the summer vacation. Now, was the fireworks before the summer vacation? Was that the lead up to, or was that after summer vacation? I think it was before summer vacation, right?
0: I think it was just before. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You attempt to go to a fireworks show and mm. it goes bad because it rains and stuff. It's one of my least favorite events. Because yeah. I felt like it was going to be something back when I did it the first time. And, of course, even this time, it was still just sad. And I was like, oh, right, the fireworks show. I thought it was going to be gorgeous. And they were going to all be standing there and have a big moment. Mm-hmm. And then they started to, and then the rain came, and then it was over. And I was like, "Ah," oh, I was really hoping for a big keynote right there. And it kind of was just a half of one.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. But you you do still get to see the, uh, the three characters in their kimonos. So it's like a special yeah. costume for... All of them. And then I, I won't spoil anything coming later, but it pays off with a good joke about Yusuke later on in the game. It made me laugh out loud. I really appreciated it. So there, there is that, at least. You get a little bit of something.
1: They shouldn't be joking. They don't need to be joking on Yusuke. At least he did it, man. At least he put on the dang kimono. You know, your boy, your boy, your main character just didn't even try. Like I told you at work, didn't even try. Just disappointing. <laughs>
0: I agree. I agree. No, it's it's not a joke on him wearing his kimono. It's okay. You'll see. You'll see when you get there. It happens. Oh, I'll in remember. The,
1: I'm sure. Yeah. It
0: happens on the trip. You'll you'll know.
1: Oh man, I can't wait. So that went through. That that went about, and then summer vacation starts, and then in Persona here, and when summer vacation hits, your friends now start calling you, and they want to like come over in the morning, and they're like, "Hey, I'm available downstairs if you want to hang out." Yeah. So they're at the Leblanc Cafe. If you go downstairs and talk to them, you can initiate a whole day of you just hanging out with them, day and evening if you so choose. Mm-hmm. And there's ups and downs to that. And if you want, if you need the character to get up, this is the time to do it because yep. you get tons of bonus rep with this character mm-hmm. while you're doing it. And typically, you're going to do some event that's going to get you charm or knowledge or something else as well. And it's going to mm-hmm. be the three marks, which is a you know big nice chunk. Yeah. So it's it's usually beneficial unless. You've got a lot of outside NPC characters that you want to level up because this is also another time where they start calling you out of the woodwork. Everybody's calling you. Everybody wants your attention. They did a magnificent job but also terrifyingly stressful job of making sure that in the summer vacation time slot you have tons of opportunities to level up and do as you please to get your character stats up or, uh, or confidant levels up, etc. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I appreciate it. But it's, like I said, it's very stressful. I mean, because you got to start picking and choosing because the days, they just click, 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 mm-hmm. click. They don't stop. They're going. They're flowing fast. And you just, before you know it, you've gone through, you know, 15 days.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with everything you said because it is stressful when, you know, you got a call from this person and you know you're going to be doing something that's going to get one of your social stats up. You're going to get that character closer to another level up. But then you wake up to, oh, here's a text from Makoto who wants to hang out. But I will say this is this is one part of the game where, I mean, I, I like him as a character. I like Yusuke, but this is where I really appreciated him because he came over like five times in those like 15 days. And every time he came over, he leveled up my charm, which is what I needed to max out to get Makoto further along. And it was, you know, he'd sit down, you'd read an art book or something. You get Yusuke, you know, he he gets his little his little notes, you get the charm up, and then he'd say, Hey, let's hang out afterwards too. And I'd be like, Hey, let's go to the bathhouse, dude. He'd he'd go up again. My charm would just be through the roof for those five days. And it almost felt like they were five days in a row. So thank God for Yusuke and his charm stuff, because otherwise I probably wouldn't have Makoto maxed out right now. But, I mean, it, I, I do feel what you're saying, though, because there were those days where it was like, well, I need to get this other character up. I need to call Kawakami tonight, but use case here, and I need that charm. I gotta have it. See, and I couldn't,
1: I couldn't say no because, like, you just mentioned Kyle Kami, for example. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about, some of these characters, the NPCs only come out or only offer certain times to hang out. Mm-hmm. If you miss those opportunities, they're gone. You're never getting them back, and it just leaves you a little bit farther behind and maxing them out as a uh, character, and especially for Kyle Kami, that was impossible. Uh, she had to be maxed out, and I had to be married and everything else before, before you knew it. You just couldn't, couldn't stop it.
0: And speaking of Kawakami, that's one of those, the one little beef that I have is that there are a lot of characters whose progression of their social link ties into, oh, they'll they'll talk to you the next day at school, but it's summer break, so no, they won't. Because mm-hmm. I, I hit that wall with Kawakami, I, you know, I called her up like the first day of summer break and leveled her up, and then it was like, you know, I checked a guide just because you know I want to make sure I'm doing everything the right way that I'm supposed to, and I said, oh, this next level will unlock automatically the next day at school, and I went, oh, well, here's thirty days of just no Kawakami. All right, well, she's stuck at level seven forever, or you know, whichever one it was.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was tough. I had to go with you know some characters that have spe- like Hifumi. You know, starts talking to you and stuff. And yep. I feel like the later you go without doing stuff with her, the less you get chances. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to make sure while she was over here inviting me every night, I was hanging out with her. So I only got to do like two Yusuke's and one Ryuji the whole summer vacation for yeah. just the actual all-day hangouts. But, I mean, I agree with you 100%. If you have the opportunity, doing the the hangouts is super beneficial and gets you all sorts of goodies. But there's certain characters I want to make sure I max out you know, from my playthrough and it just was not lining up every single time they were there. There was somebody else that I really wanted to make sure I got maxed out offering to hang out. So like I said, just, it was frustrating, but I also appreciate that they give you every opportunity under the sun to do stuff with everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like that's what we said last time, how it just feels like you get so many more opportunities to hang out with people, so many more opportunities to up your social links, even in. You know, situations in the previous game, in the original game, where you had no choice but to just go to sleep or whatever.
1: And then, of course, on top of all that, Medjet comes into the books, mm-hmm. says, Hey, we're going to take out frickin', uh, you know, the, the, the Phantom Thieves, whatever you named your group. Mm-hmm. And, and you're not going to stop. If you want to stop this, you got to reveal yourselves, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, obviously, like I said, the Phantom Thieves don't play that game. And then a little weird token comes onto your phone. And starts going, hey, you, you, you got to do this for me. I got someone's heart you're gonna steal, and if you do that, I'll take care of Medjed. So your team gets together, and they're trying to figure this all out throughout the summer vacation as well. And of course, it leads into the whole next storyline, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, I love this storyline. I love this dungeon. It's a beautiful, wonderful thing.
0: Yeah, I, I hundred percent agree with that. This is probably my favorite. I think in the original game, as the as you were doing the final boss and the one character was realizing things and coming to terms with what was going on in her head, because that's, I mean, that's basically what everybody does in this game. They deal with their issues and kind of grow out of it. I think during the original playthrough of the original game, I went, wow, this is actually something special. Because, I mean, it was great beforehand, but it was like, wow, these are like deep issues. This character is coming, like, it has this perception of what's going on and like, Learns to grow and stand up on her own. Absolutely great. I love, I love the storyline of that character, and I love the dungeon too, and the way you get to see like the false memories that this character has. You get to like arrange the little puzzles to see the it puzzles and, and mm-hmm. hear you know hear the person's memories of what's going on. It's just I, I love the and just the theme like the whole Egyptian tomb theme of that whole dungeon. It's just. It's just outstanding. I love it.
1: Now you were mentioning names. Are you trying to like stay spoiler free here or something? Matt, or are you just uh, being a little elusive? Because I was going to go ahead and spoil it for the folks. You know, tell them what's going on, who it is. <laughs> I feel like it's one we shouldn't spoil, but it's it's too late. So because you want to wait on? You want to let this one stay kind of mysterious?
0: Nah, let's just do it. It's fine. Okay, Everybody's played Persona right. Five already. They're already. It's fine.
1: That's right. These clowns. They know. They know. <laughs> so this is where you find out all about Futaba. She ends up being the mystical little weird symbol that's texting you and telling you someone's heart to changed. It's actually her own heart because as Matt already kinda alluded to, she's got a lot of deep-seated issues. Her mom died right in front of her eyes when a couple years before this, a you know, whole thing happened. Uh, she got adopted by Sojiro, who's the boss, who's the one that's taking care of you over at LeBlanc coffee house. You find it's all interconnected I, the story just really starts to lock into place right here, and you see yeah. all sorts of pieces starting to come together. And then you take her up, and you say, "We're going to do this," and you find out she just doesn't want to come out. You got to, you know, you got to get her location. You got to get her, all sorts of stuff. You get in, and it's the Pharaoh's tomb, and you got the desert out in the background, mm-hmm. and I really just the music's just bumping and kicking and popping.
0: Now, that's one thing I do want to jump in and ask you about because. I remember in the first game running around in that town a lot more. A lot. Like there being yes. two or three or four screens of being in, out in the town.
1: Yeah, you had to go collect bags or something from the town and then you also had to kill the guy like you did mm. and Yeah, there were multiple instances.
0: Cuz yeah, there was one screen with two enemies on it and then they were like, "Let's go back to the tomb." And I was like, "There's no way. We have to come back out again." And then we never did. And I went, "Okay, I, may, maybe I don't remember." But no, I specifically remember hucking and dodging and ambushing stuff all through that town for a long time.
1: There were way more baddies in there. There was multiple reasons you had to keep going back to said city before it was all said and done. So they, once again, streamlined it, took out unnecessary beats, just made it so you went to the city one time to retrieve the item you needed Mm -hmm. to further your progress in the tomb, which... I love, as I said, I love that dungeon. I love the aesthetics, you know, the whole pyramid, the hieroglyphics, the mummies for the bad guys, and the balls, the giant balls. Oh, man, who doesn't love the giant
0: balls, you know? (laughs) The big ski balls coming down. Another thing I really like is that, you know, you go through a lot of rooms and side things, but when you look at the construction of the palace, it's one giant, it's one straight shot. You walk in the Uh front door, and you can go straight to the boss. It's just that she puts down all these walls, and you got to take side paths to unlock them. But there's just something cool about running up that, that single staircase right to the middle. And it's just, oh, my progress is hampered. Let me go to the left for a little bit. That opens up this door. Go up, 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 uh, Another wall. Go to the right this time. Da, 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 da. There's just something really cool about like steadily unlocking the progress. And that it's just one straight shot. It's not a building. It's not a maze. It's not some kind of strange thing. It's just you walk straight to the Pharaoh's tomb. You just got to go in the side stuff.
1: Yep, and I also appreciate on each level, as you mentioned, that you got to sidetrack and go sideways. There's a save point. They don't fool around. They don't trick you. There's no tomfoolery. Every last one of them, there's a save point. So every time you clear an area, you can rest assured, go up, you'll be able to save, and then start your journey on to the next side quest.
0: And that's something that I didn't mention in of Shiro's Palace because I didn't think about it until right now. I feel like there were like three safe rooms in that whole palace and this mm-hmm. one had like five or six you know as you're going up, there were even safe rooms in the side areas too, like I feel like this one had plenty of safe spots whereas kind of you had to you had to slog through a few floors you know all up and down and around the corner and sneaking through all the stuff so it was it was really nice to get back to what felt normal for Persona five. I don't know if they just mm-hmm. cut out areas in kind of that had safe rooms or what. But it just it yeah, felt it did, really sparse. it did feel
1: really funky with the save points in his, his palace.
0: Because I think there were like four areas you could go to when I did that fast travel. It's like first floor, uh, some other wing, the, the top, and then mementos entrance. That was it. Or, you know, the palace uh-huh. entrance.
1: I, and I think it was fine once you got to the whole padlock trap like we were talking about because there they had the one save point, and you could just kind of go beeline it down just like you can with the tomb. Yep. So once it was there, it was okay. But like you said, when you are in the bank wings and all that stuff— Yeah, it was a lot of slogging around to get to a save. So very much from under-saving going to over-saving here with the Futabas, it was a nice change of pace, made me feel a little bit safer, more secure in what the hell was going on, like I wasn't going to screw myself in any way, shape, or form while going through.
0: Yeah, definitely. And then... As you're on your way through, like we said, you get, the, you get the ski balls, you get the big balls, you get all kinds of little like, mini-puzzles that aren't really hard. Again, that was one of those ones where they gave you the key, like the, uh, the red and blue Death Star little mini-puzzle there that controls the big ski-ball one zero mm-hmm.
1: Zero, one, zero, zero, one.
0: They didn't spoon-feed it to you. They went, hmm, does this have anything to do with that code we've read about earlier? And they didn't say, well, you know, B100123. I like that it was like, you have to remember it. And you can run back to the tablet and read it again, but you, the characters didn't spoon feed it to you. It was yeah. I appreciate that stuff. I don't. Know.
1: And they didn't tell you. It. I mean, you just had to. It isn't hard by any stretch, but no, you'd no. have to go. Oh, hey, blue, B, Bravo. Hey, that makes sense. And then one zero zero one zero one. Oh, uh, I guess zero would probably mean off, right? Uh, you know. If you got some common sense and little basic puzzle solving skills, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna fly through. It's not gonna be an issue, but it's still fun to do, like you said. Mm-hmm. And if you have trouble, well, I mean, hey, you know, not everybody's a smart cracker in the box. You know what I mean?
0: That's what walkthroughs are for. And plus, I think there was there were two different ones. There was like an optional one you could go back and do because I I did the the very obvious one, the obvious code, and it lets you go up and unlock the next area of the stairway. And then I went, oh, I'm all the way out here. And I backtracked back, did the second one. I don't remember exactly what it unlocked. I think it was just a...
1: It was a wheel seed. Was it the wheel seed? Yeah, it unlocks the red door that gets you to the wheel seed. That's
0: right. There was that red door Mm -hmm. there. Yeah, okay. So I wouldn't say it's a bonus item because if you're thinking about it, you got two codes, you're going to do them. But I appreciated that, you know, hey, you can just do the one and just run off if you want. just
1: run and skedaddle and totally miss a wheel seed. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that wheel seed was really cool. I was going to mention that if you didn't, which Mm -hmm. was right there where that is. Easily, you could have just took off when you saw that the access was available Mm -hmm. and off you went. But, duh, second code, pop it in. Not too hard, not too easy. It was hard enough in that, hey, it's letting you run away. Go, go, go. Finish the palace. Have a great time. Mm -hmm. And don't even worry about second code. But easy enough to, hey, well, what's this one do now? Click, 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 click. Hey, red door, wheel seeds. Sweet. Feeling great.
0: Yep. I forgot all about it because so many of the other wheel seeds, like we talked about with matarames I feel like they're just obvious. Like, oh, hey, my grappling hook thing is is twinkling. Or I could just, like, walk straight over there, I guess. So if you have any Uh kind of curiosity, you're generally going to find them, which, again, kind of applies to that a little bit.
1: And these ones I appreciate because I felt like it was kind of like the right medium this time around. You had the little... Soft puzzle for the one. One was kind of a give me, just go around the corner and there it Mm -hmm. is. Hey, you got it. And then the last one was a a big baddie, was guarded by a a red demon. The the last one, sorry. Yeah, and you know that's and it's fairly challenging. So I was like, okay, I feel good about these three wheel seeds. I had to pay attention, but I didn't have to go crazy. And it also wasn't just, hey, here's the wheel seeds while you're going through. Okay, why do we have them?
0: That's true. That's one thing I appreciate is that once you get within the like the horizontal radius of the wheel seed, even if it's like three stories up, Morgan will be like, ah, man, I sensed something. And it immediately makes me spin that camera and just go, what? Where's that? Because yep. I know there's not a door here because I know what the little wheel seed like door on the map looks like and that's not mm-hmm. anywhere on this map. So it's got to be up and around and it makes you look for clues and that's... That's my favorite thing. It's just scouring around an area trying to find what I can find. Another one of those intro areas in the tomb, there's so many like little chests all around or like little treasures you can get when you're jumping up on the statues and going across like the, the quicksand waterfalls. Oh, yeah. Waterfalls. You can skip them all if you want to. You can skip them all because you go right to the door. But I'm like, mm-hmm. but what's he guarding over there? What's I see some glowing over there. I hear a chest. Is it up above me? Yes, sure it is. I'm going to go get that too. But yeah, I understand. It is great. And I
1: appreciate it as well because... When I get to that point, like you said, I go up to the next level. Now I know in this general region Mm -hmm. something's going to be there. So now I'm starting to hunt and fish for it and go around. It's a wonderful thing to do. I think they're getting better. It's weird because I'm sure this was all put in the same time. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the wheel seats are getting a little bit better and more fun to do as we progress through these dungeons. And so I hope it stays that way. You obviously have been through another one, which I haven't yet. Mm -hmm. So don't tell me. Okay. But uh, I hope it continues to be pleasant.
0: I hope so as well. I hope it continues to just progress. I hope there are a lot of dungeons where it's actually like a puzzle. You've got to solve a lot of puzzles to get to them. Maybe in the very last dungeons or the bonus dungeon, you know, whenever that pops up. We've gotten through pretty much everything in the tomb except for the boss. What do you think about the boss? Because i got mixed feelings on this one.
1: I didn't like this boss. I, I don't like the boss, but yeah i uh I was just, you just hitting her for first off, she gimps you right off the word go she's flying around, mm-hmm. you can't hit her with any of your melee attacks, and of course, some of my strongest things are my melee attacks, yep, and so right away, I'm frustrated, and then she's hitting you for crazy damage when she comes and does the huge uh the huge swats and whatnot like slams, so yeah. instantly, even if you're guarding and stuff, you've gotta heal like right yeah. afterwards, so I just feel. I feel like it draws it out and just makes it frustrating more than fun. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you're going through, like you said, the cool part, which is where Futaba's just in her head figuring out what she's going to be, what she's going to do, how she's going to act. And the whole time you're trying to stave off her mother. And then, of course, she comes and then you do the whole harpoon. But
0: eh. But I think for me, I feel like in the original game, this was a lot more fun. I remember downing her with that harpoon like three or four times and getting in like big chunks of damage. Like I feel like you do the first harpoon and you get her down and you can do crazy damage on her. You're like, sweet, yeah, I can't wait for the next time that I can send Morgana away to man that big ballista. But then it was like six full turns before you could do it again. Meanwhile, I'm just going like plink, plink, plink and for me none of my characters got heavy damage on that stuff so she'd come in and you know futaba would put the put the guard over you she'd mm-hmm. slam you down but then she'd just fly away again and you just go plink plink until you finally yeah. downed her after those 6 turns one more time and then you could do the big damage so I mean, you could watch you can watch my reaction on the stream i'm just kind of like I'm not into it. It's not very fun. It's it's kind of a strange boss. It
1: wasn't fight. fun. Yeah, it just wasn't fun. I felt like it was just dragging out unnecessarily. I feel like this fight was basically just a story for Futaba, which is cool, which is great. Yeah, but but the fight itself was not enjoyable, and I screwed I screwed up personally, but also the game screwed up when it came up to say who wants to go, man, the harpoon. Mm-hmm. It didn't even give me a choice of all three characters. It only gave me a choice of two, one huh. high damage dealer and Makoto. And I was like, well, crap. I guess I'll send, and just instantly I went, I need damage. So I sent Makoto. Mm. Well, Makoto's my healer. Yeah. So now my healer's gone out of my party. And mm. this, this, like I said, this lady's coming in and hitting and doing stuff. And yeah, Futaba helps out. But when you get hit, it, you get hit. It's, it was for huge damage. Mm. And so I'm over here having a sub heal on with uh, my main character and whatnot. And yeah. Just an unpleasant experience all in all just was not happy i mean i screwed up with the makoto part but like i said the game didn't even give me all my characters to choose from which i blame that in that instance because it was healer high my highest you know long-range damage dealer and i'm like well i'm never gonna win if i don't have my damage unless i just cheat and go to one of my god personas but i'm like you know i'm not gonna do that so here we go it's
0: unpleasant unpleasant that's where i luck out because i always have Morgana and Makoto, so I got two badass healers, and I put on my Yoji I put a little, you know, meteorama. so I'm I'm the the expert sub healer. So it's just. Man, I'm all set. I'm I'm set perfect. They can can send my whole party away. I'll just heal myself. It doesn't even matter.
1: Oh, I wasn't worried about Mahaga, but, you know, the rest of the team. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, and and I understand you can still win just with Mahaga, and yes, I would, because Mm. Mahaga is a god. You can't kill him. Yeah. But at the same time, that's not pleasant. It's stressful, and your characters are all dead.
0: They're not getting XP. And speaking of stressful, there's that two- or three-turn mini-battle you have before Futaba wakes up where she does come and do the mega slam and does crazy damage, killed Morgana outright. And I went, Oh man, I didn't remember that there was, it was like a two phase boss fight. So I went, well, one of my two res items, here you go. And I healed him and he came over and then it immediately went, Oh no, we're losing Ah, storyline cut. And I went, you just, you got to have it right at the, right after the slam. That's it. Just have her have slam, go cut scene. And then she flies up and, oh, no, what can we do? I, I was really frustrated by that in that one moment. Yeah. And then it was a not fun boss fight after that, too.
1: hmm Yeah, overall, unfortunately, that boss fight's not d- the best, at mm-hmm. least this time around. And and I know we're already past the spot, but I just want to briefly mention it. I also kind of don't appreciate that last stretch up to her mm-hmm. when you've got to go, you're like, all right, we're ready for the boss fight. And then it's like, oh, no, you're not. you got to go up this last wigwam crazy stairwell like looking thing to get to the roof to fight her. Oh. I took I they they give you an out this time. They did. You can take the uh you can take the uh the the, the God bless hook. it's the grappling hook up. And I did. So let me just say I'm fine with it now mm-hmm. but it reminded me of last time yeah. in the actual well oh I was furious with that because I was gimping, I was barely making it, I was trying my best to do what needed to be. And I was like, I do not have time to be fighting 17 of these dudes on uh, the way up to a boss fight. It was ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I, I won't comment, because there's something coming later that does the same thing. But, oh, gosh. I mean, it is it is definitely frustrating. I, I, I don't know what to say. It's frustrating. It's just frustrating. <laughs> I later unlocked abilities that helped me out in the, in the next palace, which, which does that. So we can talk about that later.
1: I don't. I feel like it was a, a a spot where they're trying to force you to use a lot of items mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like so they were forcefully trying to make you get rid of stuff before you get to the boss because you're obviously going to need to go to that boss full strength, full SP, etc. And without that grappling hook, you were going to have to use some items.
0: Although at the same time, I mean this. I remember this happening in the last game, and I feel like I I just stealthed my way through it like super hardcore like you know mm-hmm. every every little corner you can jump on and i think it was just wait till it turns around walk forward enough to just jump to the next one and then up corner. and then
1: jump to the next thing you can do that yeah. that's true so I, I mean i suppose if you do a little metal gear salad you can get by most of them
0: but it does feel good to get every enemy out of the room so i, yes. I definitely know what And you're saying. there's
1: the risk because if you get caught true. and they hit you and ambush you instead mm-hmm. oh and these are all reds so yeah, you're going to take true. some hits you're going to take a huge bruising and you're not going to like it. So it was definitely a risk versus reward in that one. Mm-hmm. But this time around, doesn't matter. They gave you the grappling hook. You can just skip right up to the boss yeah. and forego all the uh, issues and then get back on the track where we were, killing boss, not having the greatest time with this one, but loving the story.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great place to wrap it up. We just wrapped up the palace. It's time to wrap up the show. Oh, my goodness. So, of course... If you guys want to get in touch with us, if you want to hear more of our thoughts about Persona 5 Royal, or if you want to tell us to stop talking about Persona 5 Royal, which will never happen, but if you guys got any questions for us, any comments, any concerns, any kind of feedback at all, send that to us via the new email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com Catch us on Twitter at ThirdShiftME, or find us on Facebook under Third Shift.
1: Indeed, you can find us over there. You can also find us over on Patreon. We treat it just like a little old tip jar. You like what you hear, like what we're doing, want to support our new little venture without our third member? Hey, that sounds really weird, but go ahead, head over there, throw us a buck, two bucks, three bucks, five bucks, any kind of amount is very much appreciated. Helps us keep the lights on, keep everything rolling for all of you out there in the wonderful world. But don't worry. We'll be here regardless. If you can't support us with the old money, you can support us with all sorts of other things, like five-star ratings, going over there, subscribing, following on the Twitch, Twitter, Facebooks, anything like that, or mailbag questions, all that good stuff. We love interaction of any kind,
0: so please uh, give it to us. Absolutely, and Eric mentioned us being here regardless. Speaking of which, we'll be back next week on Friday, June 5th, for our very next episode, and it's going to be a big Gearbox episode because, like we talked about, The new takedown's coming. The big old patch notes are coming. The mayhem stuff's coming. So be prepared for a return to a Gearbox-heavy episode when you find that episode, which you can do on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on Spotify, and on YouTube. And as I always say, if you like what we're doing and you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services because it does help us out and we really do appreciate it. And hey, if you want to get in touch with us, did did you hear me at the start of the episode? This is episode 196 episode 200 is right around the corner big fat 200 if you like what we're doing and you'd like to be part of the show send us some audio messages send us some congratulations or say man you sure you guys sure have gone downhill since episode 100 I don't know if you want to send us some love we'd appreciate it we'd like to hear it send it to us via any any of the things we'll we'll read it live on the show we'll I'll, I'll plop it in the edit so we can he- everyone can hear your glorious voices give us some love for episode 200. it's only four weeks away. You gotta do it.
1: That's right. You gotta do it. Get out there. Show us the love. Hey, if you got five star stories, now's the time to maybe throw those out here for episode two hundred. Listen to some of the fans, some of the listeners. Five star stories. Oh, what a beautiful thing that would be. So any and all, any all things, very much appreciated.
0: And with that, there's nothing else to say but. Don't forget to
1: save. And, and sit and down. Sit down.